Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Uh, you've tuned into another episode of Youth Development, What's Working and What's Not. Um, I am Jackie. Miss Tyra, how are you? I am well. How are you doing, Miss Jackie? I am good. I am good. How was your day? Well, it was relaxing. <laughs> okay. Today, uh, we have... Juneteenth off. It is my first Juneteenth ever having off. And I'm wow. say, I did nothing but lay on the couch today. I slept in. I feel I feel mighty good. Nice, nice. Uh well, I yeah, it is a uh officially uh Juneteenth weekend, uh, for those that don't know. And of course it just went into uh law that it is um observed as a federal holiday i don't think my job got the memo though but oh, no. you know that's that's neither here nor there but um i did have uh the afternoon off uh, i purposely uh, took the afternoon off so i said well because my my job is um uh so we get the whole week off in between um Christmas and New Year's mm-hmm. so like those little holidays like those little federal holidays that everybody else gets, gets off like President's Day and stuff like that we don't have that stuff off so yeah so anyway but uh, that's great though and and shout out to all those uh, this, uh, a bunch of celebrations going on in, in the city of Chicago this weekend um, I plan to attend uh, definitely some here in South Shore um, I'm gonna see if I can get around more to more parts of the city, but I'm definitely gonna uh hit up some in South Shore. Do you plan to attend any? You know, I have um a program with some youth on Saturdays. Uh, we're doing not only uh is Kenwood Oakland Community Organization um running program on Saturday for young people to learn uh, the ins and outs of design. <laughs> but a couple weeks ago, uh, those same group of you actually started learning how to uh, make computers. So I get to take my daughter <laughs> and see a couple other young people take apart some computers, some PC oh, processors, man. and it is going to be awesome. Um, coupled with those two programs are actually a culinary program. So I'm not sure where I'm going to be outside of that tomorrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's pretty much what uh, my morning afternoon looks like. Um, throw in a little bit of Lit Ladies Book Club. Okay. Uh, I'm pretty sure we're reading. And again, I have not read the book yet, but I'm going to have to crack it open. It's a short read um, called Quicksand. So outside of those two things, I'm not really sure where I'm going to end up, <laughs> but <laughs> I have not, uh, I'm going to be honest, I have not actually planned um, to celebrate Juneteenth outside of what I'm wearing this year. Um, right. Last year, Juneteenth kind of snuck up on me, and rightfully so, right? Um, you know, this this has been a, a series of... Um, months where people were stuck in the house right and they were really eager to get out and show um you know their support and advocate for a lot of things right and then somehow it seems like it happened again to me this year (laughs) Mm -hmm. my my normal routine won't be swayed much outside of helping you know my young people understand what Juneteenth is what it means to a lot of people Mm -hmm. um and teaching really what do you have planned? Uh, are there what's the what's the one event that you're ready to go to tomorrow? Okay, so let me get it. It's hosted actually by uh, this group called Sisters in Cinema. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I actually, where did I see that at? I, so, okay, okay. So, so, so you're familiar? Yeah, they've been doing some walking tours in uh, in South Shore. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Yeah, so they are going to start off um on 75th and euclid in rosenbaum park mm-hmm. uh at 10 a.m from 10 to 12 so this will be my first time i know they have like a you know quite a few um i think i used to see it a lot last year like quite a few like walking events 
um, around South Shore um, that I was not um, able to attend. But I'm definitely plan to um, go check this one out because when I say it's like literally down the street for me, I mean like literally a few steps away. So um, yeah. it won't be any excuse for me, you know, to not go check it out. So that's what I plan to do. Very cool. Very cool. Mm-hmm. So I guess maybe we could give people some ground in. If you've been living under a... I don't know, a rock. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. We can share, right? Right, right, right. So Juneteenth is technically a, well, technically now it's a national holiday, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But to a lot of Black people, it's always been uh, a moment of celebration or a cause of celebration, rather. Um, Depending on where you're from, uh, you know, what region slash, you know, what um you know group uh or again maybe even what block sometimes because black is not a monolith right right (laughs) um it kind of varies um what you may have called it right so if you hear someone say juneteenth uh black independence day jubilee day emancipation day we're talking about the same thing okay um and just to give some context it is the commemoration of the anniversary date um of june 19th 1865 uh when supposedly the last of the enslaved folks in galveston texas Mm -hmm. uh got word of the actual emancipation proclamation and the law that said that they should actually have been freed two years prior. <laughs> Ain't that something? Isn't that amazing, right? Only in America. Um, mm-hmm. The thing, though, for me, uh, Miss Jackie, about this day, and I think this is another reason why it kind of just kind of glosses over me, is because uh, last year, again, there were so many um, people walking the street. There were so many, or I shouldn't say walking, I should say marching, right? There were so many people marching, um, there was so much pressure, it seemed like, especially with the very uh, untimely, unfortunate uh, murders of um, Amon Arbery, Breonna Taylor, and uh, George Floyd, mm-hmm. that Juneteenth had to be the thing that, you know, brought Black people together, right? Mm. And I felt like that was a good thing. However... Mm-hmm. Looking back a year later, I'm just kind of in a place of, um, what's the word, Miss Jackie? A place of, I feel like we're at a plateau right now. Okay. <laughs> um, our, our governor, Governor Pritzker, um, as well as probably a whole bunch of other governors, you know, decided that it would be uh, at least a state holiday for most states, right? Mm-hmm. And... That's all in all good, right? That's cool, um, you know. But at the same time, I'm wondering how are we going to actually make the changes that we've been asking for? <laughs> right. When are those going to come? So mm-hmm. I guess my first question, Miss Jackie, uh, is actually uh, outside of you know those details that I just shared about the significance of the day itself. Mm-hmm. My first question is, what should we actually be telling our young people about this day? Hmm. Um, I think about this particular day and just, you know, um, you know, uh, their heritage and the history of slavery um, overall, I think it's definitely not um, emphasized. I think it is, you know, kind of glossed over um, within our educational system. But I think that it's up to us. Um, as those um, that are youth advocates and parents uh, to really um, get our young people to understand, you know, the importance of where they come from and not just um, um, this live in the moment type Oh, that was, you know, I wasn't a part of that generation, so it doesn't really affect me. It's like we, uh, um, it's like if, if it doesn't, um, impact us directly or we don't really see um, um, how it impacts us directly it doesn't uh, really affect us I won't say that we don't care because I think that may be kind of harsh but um, it, it doesn't hold the same weight if you will but um, I, I think it's super important for us as youth advocates and parents you know t- uh, to make our young people aware of of what happened 
um, during that, those times and how important it is, you know, that with us, with, with the advancement of not only just technology or just with, you know, the years period, um, how we need to be grateful and how the different opportunities that weren't allowed, you know, for our parents and for our forefathers that we now have those opportunities. Mm, that's good. That's good. So then I'm hearing you. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> and you know, normally, Miss Jackie, I am, uh, what did I say last week? Because I have a friend that says I'm normally rainbows and, and unicorns. Sugar pl- unicorns. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess then my question becomes, uh, yes, definitely. Well, this part isn't a question. I agree with you in that there are definitely parts of our history that we don't want to lose, right? Um, And that we don't want our, the next generation to lose. We don't want our youth um, to not understand, right? The struggle. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, my next question is Jackie, and you you might be like, Tyra, what are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Is it cool for us to celebrate Juneteenth with all the work that we have left to do, right? Mm-hmm. Have you called your alderman? Have you, or not even your alderman? Have you called um, your legislators uh, who travel back and forth to DC to? And actually, now I think about it, even some of our city, you know, officials as well. Mm-hmm. Are we putting enough pressure as the black community? And I would even say, you know, last week. No, sorry, two weeks ago now. Um, I did the black and brown car parade, right? Yes. Yes. So for both groups, <laughs> both groups of color, right? Uh, to our black and brown uh, legislators, whether they are traveling uh, to downtown city hall, whether they're traveling down to Springfield or all the way to DC, are we putting enough pressure on them to actually enact the laws that we know we need? Okay. Mm-hmm. So my question then becomes, is it cool for us to celebrate Juneteenth while we have so much work left to do? Mm-hmm. Um, could we be doing more? I think we could absolutely be doing more. Um, uh, that's kind of just kind of tricky. So um, I think um, there are people that are, you know, not just within the political space, but I think probably just um, us that are in the community. Um, if you, uh, don't have that type of relationship, you know, with your um, elected officials, although you should. And, and that to to me, that kind of goes back to um, it impacting you directly, you know what I'm saying? So if you feel as though that, um, you know, that the decisions or that the um, ways they conduct themselves down in, you know, Springfield, if you're in Illinois or what have you, um, if you feel as though that doesn't impact you directly, then you may not necessarily be as as moved to um, you know to push your aldermen, to push your elected officials, you know, to make changes within your community. However, um, um, I do think that it is incumbent upon us, you know, to if we want to see uh, because we can. I mean, uh, I think in and of itself, like to, uh, and I hope I'm answering the question. Um, mm-hmm. In and of itself, to um, celebrate Juneteenth, I think you know there's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, but I think that in addition, let me say that um, in addition to us celebrating um, Juneteenth, I do think we need to become more um, um, involved, if you will, uh, for those that are not. Like for an example, prime example. Thank you, Lord. Prime example. Okay. My friend and I. Won't he do it? <laughs> my, friend, my friend and I, uh, we were coming from seeing uh, one of our church mothers. She's in the hospital, right? So we oh, no. were driving down 79th and we took like the long strip down 79th uh, to come back to my house. And we were just basically seeing how like, you know, the areas in which that we grew up in, how a lot of those areas, they were so, they were unchanged. You know what I'm saying? And we have been away from from that neighborhood uh, for a number of years, right? And and you we did not see any growth, any advancement, any um, uh, um, economic uh, 
advancement, anything to say that, oh man, I have, man, I grew up over there. I literally grew up over there on 74th and um, Aberdeen. Okay. And so when we, you know, just taking the strip down to 79th, you know, and we're seeing all the different types of businesses, if you will, right? So, because in order for you to um, uh, set up shop, uh, it has to come through your local alderman, right? Yes. So if you want to put um, up a liquor store, if you want to put up, you know, I don't know, what, like another um, restaurant with not the best healthy food, you know what I'm saying? That has to go through certain channels, right? Um, in order for that to happen. So then if if you see the majority of those types of businesses within in your community, that to me that begs the question. Okay, so then are our elected officials, even though they are you know of the same ethnicity, even if they are black or not, um, are they for us? You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> it's like you know what I'm saying. Because it's like how many? I mean, just I mean, just be honest. How many? How many chicken restaurants do the Seven Ninth need? Yeah. How many liquor stores, you know, on, just on that strip? Because we were coming from West. So I'm going to say we started off like around 7th to Cicero all the way literally coming back East oh, wow. to um, Stoney. Wow. So that whole strip we were riding, you know. And so as we were coming East, you could literally see the change in the dynamic, right? And it's And it was so drastic, you know, coming from further West over further east and you know they didn't have those type of businesses over there in you know Burbank mm-hmm. and things like that you know what I'm saying so I'm, I'm wondering I don't know um, I don't know because even if you do if you do have a relationship with your elected official if you go to like the CAPS meetings or to you know like the, the community meetings and different things like that I mean I don't know how much they're actually doing. Mm. So, I mean, you, you bring up a good point too, because I look at, um, you know, I wrote something on Twitter the other day. I was <laughs> delivering a check to one of my young people um, mm-hmm. for a project that we've been working on. Shout out to South Shore Works um, and whoop, whoop. any organization that is about making sure young people have access to different types of careers. Um, Mm -hmm. We've been working on this project for about six, maybe six and a half months now um, called Community Connection. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Sorry, no, I I, I went too fast. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Um, on Facebook, we're just Community Connection GGC, GGSC, and then on Instagram, we are Connect South Shore. Um, okay. but it is a space where the young people, young adults, um, actually are able to talk about the positive things that are happening in the community and give those things some shine, right? Um, so the reason I kind of again put that on blast is because I'm traveling to, um, I live in Bronzeville for those of y'all that don't know, you know, low end or no end, but um, <laughs> for those of you all, um, you know, who ha- don't really get to go outside of your neighborhood, it is always, you know, one of my pleasures, one of my joys to see how other neighborhoods operate, you know, to just even just observe, right? Um, and I was traveling to like the South shore, you know, the very far side of South shore, South Chicago area. Right. Mm -hmm. And trying to drop off this young lady's check. And I just kept thinking like, wow, this side of the city, or at least these couple of blocks reminded me so much of like down home, down South, like, but as I like kept thinking about it, I realized that's because, you know, is undeveloped that's because even you know much of what you're saying uh miss jackie about just traveling all along 79th street just back to the south side there are pockets in uh you know areas of our neighborhoods that one don't have grocery stores two don't have like field houses for parks if they even have parks right they don't have all of the amenities that some of the other places in our neighborhoods have And it was just so interesting, even thinking about, you know, just thinking about that one, you know, type of 
uh, maybe three to four block radius that I was traveling in, right? And what you just said, as well as thinking about my own neighborhood, right? There's mm-hmm. a reason <laughs> why State Street uh, is getting all of the attention right now, right? There's a reason why uh, I'm having to, you know, have these conversations with CHA, people who look like you said, who look like us, mm-hmm. um, skin color is the same as ours, uh, but just don't understand why the process, even in which they are, um, you know, told to engage the community, right, about what should be affordable housing, number one. That's a whole nother podcast. But also mm. um, what should be accessible housing, right? An entity that is actually supposed to be eliminating homelessness sometimes right. because of their processes seem to be doing doing the exact opposite <laughs> mm. <laughs> and seem to be blocking, you know, people. Um, but again, because people have a job to do, right? Sometimes I wonder, I'm, I've been looking at this, uh, this quote all day. Let me, let me pull it up. It is a Malcolm X quote. So I'm going to try to make it, it's, appli- it's applicable. It is mm-hmm. really applicable, but I'm going to try to change it just a little bit. So it says, uh, the white man will try to satisfy us with symbolic victories rather than economic equality and real justice. Mm. And just, again, trying to give it, give us some context to this whole Juneteenth, you know, conversation. Um, and as well as, you know, the conversation about actually engaging and teaching our young people to engage local leadership, right? Uh, state leadership, national leadership and representatives. I would even go far, as far to say as... Um, just those with a little bit of power, right? <laughs> those mm-hmm. with a title. Those with a title will try to satisfy us with symbolic victories rather than economic equality and real justice. One of the things that I heard uh, Governor Pritzker say as, you know, he was talking uh, or after the, I think the bill signing had happened for a while, but, um, and obviously the advocacy had happened for a while for Illinois, you know, to make uh, make this grand gesture. But, Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things he said in his speech earlier this week about Juneteenth actually becoming this commemorative day was that young people will now be able to learn the the significance of this historical day in school. Well, Miss Jackie, <laughs> just like we don't have resources in some of our neighborhoods, like we know that some of our, our schools are poorly under-resourced, right? Right. And I just, like, as he was saying that, I was just thinking, who's going to teach them? Who? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who is going to tell them, you know, the significance of this day and how, like, like as a, uh, again, a person with power, right? How did he envision the the implementation of this like there were so many questions that just kind of came through my mind mm-hmm. as he was saying that that made me think like okay is is that even feasible are we our ancestors wildest dreams miss jackie if we are not teaching our young people how to be civically engaged if we're not teaching our young people not to just accept the um accept these symbolic sim- these symbolic victories as the end all be all right right actually um i was um looking at uh the set of questions uh prior you know to uh, starting the podcast today and i the the thought that i had was that because i didn't realize and and forgive me for this i didn't realize until not too long ago that both malcolm x and uh, Dr. Martin Luther King uh, were in their late 30s when they were assassinated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't even realize how young they were. Yeah. Um, when they were um, assassinated, and, uh, and and forgive me for, for for again just literally just finding that out literally not too long ago. Like I want to say maybe like a few weeks ago or so. Um, I didn't I didn't realize their ages um, uh, when they passed. Wait a minute. I'm sorry, Miss Jackie. Can I can I just interject? Yeah. Do you feel like the fact that you did not know that is a testament of what you learned in school? Yeah. <laughs> um, I would say so. Yes, I, I would say so. Yes, it was really um, 
it, it was very surprising to me. Of, of course, we know, like, you know, the, the manner um, in, in which they were assassinated and all the different other things, but to, to, but to see, and I don't know why that particularly, what made me, what drew my attention to that, but I was like, they were literally the same age as I am now mm-hmm. in their late thirties. And I was like, that is bonkers. You know, I, I don't know why that, that particular um, um, instance really, really did something uh, to me. And, and because you know, that, you know, you and I, we, we are really out there present in the community and doing this work and different things like that. Um, I, the question that I had today after I was reading the questions were, I wonder uh, if Malcolm X and Dr. Martin Luther King were alive today, would this be, what is it they were thinking? Would this be their dream? Would this be their um, interpretation, if you will, of how we um, as Black people have uh, progressed um, over those what 30 40 something years because they would be possibly like in their early 80s give or take right mm-hmm. um so I'm like would this be what it is that they were thinking of you know and and the fact that we are still in this fight yeah literally in the same fight you know of course different circumstances and different day and time and whatnot but literally in the same fight um i wonder would they be disappointed or would they be um um happy uh uh seeing as though that that a lot of the younger generation a lot of the young people are you know standing up and and willing to uh fight for injustice or will or would they say no this is not what we were thinking You know what I'm saying? You know, with the with the level of police brutality uh, against people of color, you literally see the exact same images 30, 40 years ago. And, you know, again, if they were alive, would they be like, no, this is not this is not what we were thinking? You know, um, I honest and just say that um and I, I don't know how people are gonna feel when I say this um but I feel like they're rolling over in their graves mm. and I say that obviously with a heavy heart right um I also say that knowing that <laughs> you mentioned police brutality but we literally are celebrating um what is it, the five, maybe six year anniversary of, uh, of Mother Emanuel Amy Church in Charleston, mm-hmm. South Carolina? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, the, the fact that nine people lost their lives, including, right, mm-hmm. uh, while they were just trying to praise the Lord, uh, mm-hmm. reminds me very much of the four girls. <laughs> and the bombing during their during their time, right? Right. So, um, and again, you know, uh, a lot of celebrities. The one I remember seeing say this. Uh, I think I don't know if it was Trayvon Martin's death or I, I should say murder. I'm sorry, words mean things. So let me be intentional mm-hmm. with my phrase. Uh, the murder of Trayvon Martin, um, or if it was more recent with uh, one of the again, murders that happened last year. But I specifically remember seeing, I think it was Will Smith say, um, you know, uh, just th- consider, you know, the the issue of technology. And if technology wasn't as prevalent as it is today, how many more, you know, mm-hmm. would we not be seeing? Um, how many more, you know, murders would kind of go under our radar, right? So, mm-hmm. so in some way, follow um, Dr. King's daughter, Bernice King. Yeah, <laughs> on Twitter, and you know, I, I'm I'm not saying that like name dropping, like I know or anything like that. That's furthest from what I mean. But to see someone who was so close to one of them talk about um, again the 
the uh, attack on Mother Emmanuel to see uh, someone who is so close to Dr. King talk about the way people are misusing and uh, misquoting some of his speeches, right? Mm. I, I say that again with that very much, uh, with the same fervor that I think they are literally rolling over in their graves at how Black people are still being treated in America. Um, I think they are rolling over in their graves about institutional racism mm -hmm. and the, the very sly, slick, uh, you know, covert way that Black people are treated, um, you know, in, in, within some of these systems. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so... <laughs> I don't know if that actually answers your question, but that's that's what I that, those were my first thoughts at hearing your question. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Um. Hmm. Okay. So, I, I had I just had this thought while you were talking. So you know how like some states they're trying to um, um, eliminate you know different teachings you know such as critical race theory. Mm -hmm. and stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, um. My thought about that is, okay, you're trying to prohibit teachings such as critical race theory, but you're trying to insert more education that is more sexually advanced. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and, and, and without, without all parental input. Right? Yeah. Without all adult input. So you feel as though that that is necessary, which which I'm not saying that it's not. Um, that that is necessary, but teaching about uh, race, things such as critical race theory is not. Um, yeah. Oh, that, that is divisive. Mm -hmm. So... So then, okay, so that that is like a whole nother um, um, debate, if you will, when we when you go back to, you know, the the initial question about um, our young people not knowing their history, right? You mm -hmm. know, there are people that are in high places, those lawmakers or whatever, that are literally trying to block and ban, uh, you know, such uh, teaching uh, to be given to our young people you know because they feel as though that if you uh provide that type of knowledge in certain instances it can become divisive uh <laughs> however you then again go back and you insert more education that is more of a sexual nature and that's not as advanced that's not um uh, that shouldn't be taken with a grain of salt. That shouldn't be, you know, uh, that shouldn't have baby steps, if you will. <laughs> they just want to just throw everything in, like, yeah, we're going to teach this, this, that, and whatever. You know, go full throttle with it, however you want to eliminate um, um, such curriculum as critical race theory. Now, now that I, I take a little issue with. Tell us how you really feel, Miss <laughs> <I'm> just... <laughs> I... I, I completely get it. Because again, I mentioned on here, like, just again, the, the amount of access that our youth have to things that we didn't have, right? Mm -hmm. um, I heard <laughs> I heard a really good friend of mine say that, you know, as long as her internet is on and she is stockpiled with Vaseline, she is okay <laughs> oh. with her son, you know, uh, with her son and making sure that he won't be out here having babies or you know oh. babies and, and i was like oh when she said it, i was like you know it was like one of those clutch of pearl moments but You're at right. the same time it was like well do what you gotta do mama right okay <laughs> really, like it was a judgment-free space like moment but at the same time i was like oh i don't know like i would handle that conversation right <laughs> but again because I feel like, uh, well, let me just say this. I feel like motherhood encompasses so much of wanting to keep a child safe mm -hmm. um, that for me, 
again, any sex education has to start in the home, right? Right. Unfortunately, again, I have to kind of say this with with parentheses in a healthy adult relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in a positive adult child relationship, right? Not mm-hmm. not in you know the type of stuff we like to sweep under the rug, but um, because so much of motherhood is trying to protect your child's in- or your children's innocence. I completely understood why she said that and why, you know, if that's the case in her household, that's what she got to do. Right. However, am I okay with that? The same thing coming out of the mouth of a teacher? Oh no. Right. Mm. <laughs> no. So to your point, Miss Jackie is, is kind of like, how can I say this? The same in the same way I said, have we done enough collectively as a community? I feel like there's a a subset of the community who are parents who have also not done enough when it comes to pushing back against people who have power to make some of these changes and people who have power to, you know, push sign the sign the law right mm-hmm. <laughs> or advocate for the law with the person who has to sign it right. Um, we have not done enough, right? Because I don't know. I just, in my mind, I keep thinking about when my daughter turns, you know, a certain age, what are we going to be up against as parents? Mm. Um, yeah, so I'll leave that right there. <laughs> so what? What? what is your concern with that? Um teaching something too soon and again it goes back to i think i said this i don't know if it was last week or the week prior um about exposing young people to stuff too soon but then also kind of like shaking a nugget and saying oh you can't have this you can't do this like you're too young for this Mm -hmm. um it's a very fine line right yeah um and when we're treading you know either side of that line Anything could happen. That is so true. <laughs> so again, because I'm a a, a a parent of one child, right? I've I've worked with young people before, and this is something that I haven't had to think about as it comes to. Uh, again, this is something I haven't had to think about because the lines and youth development are very clear. There are some things you do not talk about with young people um, unless you have parent consent. Um, there are some things, you know, that you should not, you know, even open up for mm-hmm. conversation with a young person unless they bring it to you. Right. And, and even then, like, depending on the nature of that young person. Um, I, well, let me back up because I have been in situations where I am so close in age to young people. Um, I have yet young, younger men sorry, young, they're men now. <laughs> so let me get this right. I have had boys hit on me, right? Mm-hmm. Or make advanced sexual advances to me. And I had to say, no, boo, <laughs> that is not, that's not what this is. That's not the type of relationship, right? So right. I think uh, my concern then becomes as I'm placing those type of situations in for consideration as a parent, I'm also wondering, how did that young person even think that that was okay? Mm-hmm. Where, you know, happening around, and again, this is how sometimes my mind works in, in dual, <laughs> in dual situations. I have to think very quick, quickly, right? At the time, obviously I wasn't a parent, but my motto was to treat other parents' children. And again, even if they were teenagers, even if they were like two or three years younger than me, was to treat other parents' children as if I would want somebody to treat my own child, right? Mm-hmm. So, of course, when I'm telling this uh, boy to back up off of me, right, um, at the same time, I'm thinking, okay, now also, how do I teach him that this is not okay, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how do, as a, if I was his parent, what would I want to happen in this situation? Mm. But again, the conversation becomes, well, heck, what... <laughs> What have you been seeing, right? Right. And that doesn't mean it happened in the household. It doesn't mean that it happened with your parents around. But it, it, it just has it, it just brings about all of these questions. So mm-hmm. that's kind of my concern. 
about the the sexual education because also it's never taught correctly right it's oh no let me not say never it's rarely ever taught correctly i remember um sex ed being a and again this was years ago right maybe more than 10 years ago but i remember sex ed being in a dark room uh it was co-ed it was encompassed in a physical education uh you know class with a male physical pe teacher and a uh i'm sorry a man pe teacher and a woman pe teacher so they did have that part right okay <laughs> being that it was co-ed right um but it was in a dark dank classroom and you know kind of the the, the edge uh at the edge of the gym and it was just a, basically a slideshow of what not to catch. <laughs> a slideshow of, you know, um, how do I want to say this? A slideshow of the, the, you know, the very nasty details, right? Right. Um, and again, for thinking about my child, my child is going to be the one that asks the question, well, how do you get that? <laughs> You know, my my I can clearly see my child being the one to think to you know say, oh, that's nasty, and like being the class clown a little bit, and then you know there's no because because this also happened right. There's no real teaching going on. It's just a, somebody pressing the button for the slideshow, right? Right. And there's not the conversation about well, you know, if you do this a whole there's a whole family like responsibility that comes with it (laughs) Mm -hmm. um or you know you do this like you could be living with lifelong consequences right uh just in terms of how your body is designed and you know your immune system and all of these variables that i'm not capable of teaching i also see it as a failing also i haven't been in a elementary school as a student or high school as a student for a very long time so this is definitely something that I would love to be having with the teacher (laughs) because I'm just curious like that just like I talk about my daughter like I'm the one to ask questions too so when I say whose child is this I really know but (laughs) (laughs) again it it just kind of I don't know it just kind of gives me anxiety to to think about the world that we're going to be living in, right? And this is why I say we have to be prayed up. This is why I say, like, it it really takes a village, right? And the right Mm -hmm. village. Because I just so strongly believe that I might not even be the person that gets to have the conversation with her because something else is going to present it to her. Mm. That's the fear. And thank you for allowing me to walk through that thing. But but that's the fear. That's the anxiety. Um, and as a parent, it's like, how do I protect her from the unknown at this point? Yeah, that's good. That's really good. Um, wow. Um, I'm, I'm a little tongue tied now. But, <laughs> um, no, so, no, and, and I totally get, I totally um, understand. And uh, with me not having children, um, I totally, uh, again, I, I, I get the apprehension. Uh, I get the anxiety, all that different um, other stuff. Um, with me not having children, however, you know, still working um, with youth, um, you know, and some of them, they feel as though that, you know, I am a, a trusted voice mm-hmm. in their life. I am. And they know, like they do see me as their advocate and different things like that. So I know I have to be even more so because I am not, for one, I'm not a parent and I'm not your parent, you know? Right. <laughs> um, um, I have to be mindful and, and put on more of a listening ear than a talking mouth, uh, you know, because um, I have to be able to, um, in essence, you know, guide them in the way that if they um, decide to, you know, put their trust in me and, you know, uh, confide in me and, and tell me things, you know, about them that are, you know, that are very sensitive and different things like that, especially things that their parents do not know. Um, 
you know, I, I definitely have to, uh, again, like you said, be prayed up and to use uh, the, a certain level of wisdom and discernment, uh, you know, to be able to point them um, in um, a right direction. Of course, that one that is, that allows them to be themselves, one, and, and one that allows them to um, feel safe and to get out whatever it is that they need to get out you know because sometimes sometimes young people or just, or just just people period sometimes people they don't they don't look for you to fix it they just want you to listen right they just want you just to just to be there while they vent mm-hmm. and, and i have been you know and of course you know you have to protect um your spirit as you are um you know a being I guess, I guess being poured into, if you will. Um, but, you know, I have experienced, you know, where a young person has come to me and literally just, just dumped and dumped and dumped, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and it left me, um, I don't want to say confused, but definitely it left me uh, troubled. Uh, and I said, well, God, and my, my thought was, okay, God, what do you want me to do with this? You know what I'm saying? Because I don't think at that particular moment that they were looking for for um, an answer. They were looking, you know, for some wisdom. They were looking to, you know, just get out what was on in their heart and in their mind. So, um, yeah, and and I love how this conversation just took that turn. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, and that often um, happens here on YDWW. But um, yeah, so I'm hoping that you know that as we continue to you know work with young people and even you know as as your daughter advances you know that God will provide us with that you know that wisdom that we need to be able to be a resource and, and an advocate for them yeah and you know what it makes me think about um how do I want to say this in the same vein that I'm talking about this, you know, very uh, sex education conversation with my daughter. It makes me think about the same conversation that a lot of parents have to have with their sons as mm. it comes to police brutality, right? That, mm. that kind of apprehension, that just kind of fear of what could happen. And, and again, it's like, as a Christian, like I have to think too, like, okay, well, it's in God's hands. Right. But the, the fact that the the that anything could happen <laughs> mm-hmm. because it's not in my hands and it's not in my control, um, it, I think that's what I kind of liken it to in terms of the race conversation. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's just it's very interesting, um, and it makes me also wonder, Miss Jackie, like just in terms of even you know the fact that it is Juneteenth, what should we be doing to encourage, you know, our allies who are not people of color Mm -hmm. um, or our allies who are not black? Like how should we be encouraging them to continue supporting the work that has to happen? Well, for one, and I thought about this too, uh, for one, if you are um, um, an ally and you're not a person of color or what have you, and you know, or you're in a position uh, to where you see injustice and you have um, uh, the authority, if you will, like whether you are um, an executive in an organization and you see that, you know, that practices that are embedded in the organization, you know, are, are racist and stuff like that. I think that with you being an ally and not just, you know, because, you know, last year we had a lot of allies. Everybody was, you know, Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter last year, whatever, in the height of, you know, of the George Floyd murder and different things like that. So all these different companies, you know, they were posting on their social media or what have you, like, yeah, Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter. Um, But, you know, going six months out, eight months out, whatever, once the um, once the adrenaline changed, you know, you didn't see that as much. So I would hope that those, you know, people that are, are not of color but have influence, um, I would hope that they would not see this as um, something that, oh, things that, you know, Black people get emotional about because you can't relate. You know what I'm saying? You can't relate to uh, being blatantly discriminated against. You can't, you know, uh, a lot of them that they cannot relate to um, experiencing racism and different things like that. So um, 
to be empathetic if I don't know if that's the word I want to use um in that regard especially if you are in a position of power yeah <laughs> you're just uh, like yeah <laughs> I don't know sometimes I'm just always like mm, is this is this enough are we doing enough and that's mm-hmm. a hard thing to kind of reconcile because will we ever be able to do enough like I think about the the Garvey movement right I think about what some people would call extreme right and but at the same time I think about the fact that black people all over the world are struggling with some of these same issues so Mm -hmm. I don't know Miss Jackie (laughs) well you asked the question so what would what would your answer be um I think that because also on the other side of that I'm asking the question but I'm also you know in a space that I know if we open that door, sometimes we always have to be the teachers. Mm. And that, that, that's not what I want, right? <laughs> um, I don't want to always have to educate people, but again, with encouragement, right? Um, I think there needs to be uh, some more experiential education. Um, I know a couple years ago, a colleague and I took, um, took some young people to the Charles A., Wright Museum in mm-hmm. Detroit. Um, and it was the first time I actually got to see. Uh, and also, let me say this, because I know that somebody's going to hear this and think, oh, well, she's just saying, like, start from slavery. That's not what I mean. Right. Mm-hmm. Because black history is, well, first of all, American history is black history. Right. Um, secondly, uh I would even say go as far as to say world history is black history, but mm-hmm. that's another podcast for another day. Absolutely. So, um, it was the first time that I got to see um, like a real life size slave ship. Mm. And for me, uh, that was really eye opening because we talk and again we talk about you know the way that uh we talk about you know the way that slavery obviously wasn't something cute it wasn't something fun right right but to to be able to actually physically touch um something that looked very similar to what i had envisioned from history books from textbooks um, I would even go as to say, so far as to say that some movies don't make you feel the same as actually, you know, being able to physically touch this, uh, what is it called? This exhibit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I would just, you know, suggest that there's some experiential uh, lived experiences that have to happen too. Mm. Um it's not always going to happen in a movie. <laughs> it's not right. going to, you know, it's not always going to happen in, um, and sorry, you all, my daughter is in the bathroom, <laughs> but it's not <laughs> always going to happen uh, via textbook. Those are great places to start, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I would also suggest picking up, if you had to pick up a book, right? Picking up some uh, slave narratives. Mm-hmm. Um and hmm, I also feel like having dialogue with people of color and mm-hmm. not always just listening, right? Not always having a response. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that I think that's where I would start. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. That um. And I and I hope that um, even um, us, um, us meaning you know here at YDWW, I would love for us to, you know, have an opportunity to um, initiate you know conversations such as that, whether it is um, on the podcast or whether maybe we could do something in person. Um, I would love to uh, get that vibe, get that um, get that dialogue going. I know it has been. Um, a very prevalent, you know, especially um, as of late, you know, a lot. I see a lot of people are doing like a lot of, you know, um, Facebook lives and um, you know, like town halls and different things like that on um, 
a race and, you know, are trying to um, understand um, each other, if you will, and trying to, you know, um, promote a sense of togetherness. And so I would hope um, that, you know, maybe down the line we could be able to, um, you know, I don't know, initiate some sort of dialogue around that. Um, maybe we, if you're listening and uh, you are interested um, in participating in the conversation such as that, and you are not um, a person of color, we would um, we would love, you know, your input. Um, right, uh, Tyra? I hope I'm not... Yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just thinking out loud right now. Uh, I'm like, no, I, I, thought, I think that would be a, a pretty dope uh, conversation. I think that would be cool, yeah. Yeah, so uh, if you are listening and uh, you are interested in, uh, you know, possibly partaking in a conversation like that with us here at YDWW, um, you can definitely hit us up. Uh, you can leave um, you can leave a comment on like the different uh, podcast platforms, like on Apple and I believe on Spotify as well. Or you can um, hit us up on either of our social medias: uh, Facebook, Youth Development, What's Working and What's Not, and um, on IG, YDWW Chicago. So yeah, uh, we have some pretty awesome content some pretty dope content coming up you know for the remainder of june and and going forward we need to get back on clubhouse i have not been on clubhouse just myself personally in a minute yeah me either um i'm getting a lot of notifications mm-hmm. which I, I feel like i might want to turn off my notifications about it but <laughs> but um i think i'm you know that might be a conversation uh, another conversation I don't know if we could do it on Clubhouse or maybe we're doing it inviting some people to the podcast or doing it as a Facebook live like just to kind of hear from other people how they're still utilizing Clubhouse has the hype dwindled mm. and again if you're if you're listening to this and you also have Clubhouse in you know in your ear pod <laughs> every day uh, that that's more of an invitation. That's, I'm not I'm not downplaying Clubhouse. Uh, I just really don't know. I'm, I'm I'm talking basically out of wanting to to understand. Um, is it a tool that people are still using mm-hmm. uh, and feeling like they're getting you know some traction out of it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good question because I know now because I, I I see that they even set that up. Um, on my account that, you know, if you are considered um, an influencer or a, a, I don't know if that's even the right word, but um, if you are, um, uh, I guess, like a thought leader or somewhere like that, if you are like really active on Clubhouse or whatever, you know, people can um, you send you money through Clubhouse, which is interesting. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, they can like, they have a, a, a way for them to kind of like a... Um, Azale or some of like that's a feature now on Clubhouse where people, you know, if they like your content or if they, you know, um, like you as a speaker or whatever, you know, they can, you know, send you a love offering if you will. I'm like, oh, okay. That's yeah. Interesting. That's yeah. interesting. Huh. So, okay. So, youth development, what's working and what's not. Uh, we are a safe space for youth advocates to share their strategies and their challenges to supporting youth. Um, my awesome, um, partner in this Tyra, Tyra Shangay. I like (laughs) Tyra Shangay, (laughs) Tyra Shangay Owens. Um, yeah, definitely follow her. She's, she's such a dope individual. Follow her. Thank you. I feel the same. (laughs) Yes. I mean, she's like a super dope individual. Follow her on, on her, all her social media. I need to get your, um, I need to get your book. Oh, let's talk about that. Um, yeah, I, did, I need to get your book. <laughs> the The plan is to have multiple books, um, so let's start praying on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, people can purchase the book on sincerelytyra.com. Um, it is also available on Amazon, um, but of course, you're not going to get the the personalization from Amazon. Uh, mm-hmm. However. Uh, you can purchase it on sincerelytyra.com. Uh, I'm hoping before the end of the year to have two more books come. I'm trying to decide if I want one book to just be uh, a digital copy, but we'll see. Um, mm. Because it is going to be a um, a devotional. Mm. 
Uh, and I haven't thought of a name, so I need y'all to help me with a name. If you're ev- if you are one of my followers, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you. Um, but I, yeah, if you're if you've you know been following, help me figure out a name. The first book though is called A Smothered Scripture, and uh, it is a book of poetry. There will be a second book of poetry, God willing, before the end of the year. Um, and thank you, Miss Jackie, for, for that shout out. I mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes I don't talk about my, my writing enough. However, um, thankfully, I'm getting to do that uh, through another opportunity called The Art of Transparency, which kind of pushes me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it positively pushes me um, to actually, you know, promote what I'm doing instead of just doing the thing right <laughs> Um, so yeah, I appreciate that. Ms. Jackie, can I ask, mm-hmm. uh, I know you've been on a, on a, a panel <laughs> within the last week or planning to be on a panel or something like that. What's, what's going on in your world? Um, okay. So I did, what did I do? Um, uh, I was a speaker, if you will, um, a guest speaker for, um, um, Mr. Dad's Father's Club, shout out to uh, Joseph Williams and uh, Miss Denise Dyer uh, and the Inglewood CAC, um, um, their department over there in Inglewood. Uh, we did uh, a parent leadership conference last week, and um, I did a segment, if you will, on effective communication. This is my second one um, um, in that arena, if you will, because, of course, I did the, the Be the Healing conference as well, talking about the same um, theme of effective communication. It seems like, you know, um, people that were in on that first presentation um, heard it and they were like, okay, can you come and talk about that over here and talk about that over there? So that seems like to me uh, it's turning into a thing that is like, okay, Jesus, what are you doing with that? So, um, yeah, so I have been, you know, uh, partnering with different um local organizations, uh, uh, youth, uh, youth-based um, and, and not, you know, just community-based uh, organizations. Um, and, and, just, and just trying to uh, champion this whole notion of effective communication um, within our homes, you know, because, mm-hmm. um, you know, sometimes just raw communication in and of itself can be foreign, um, yeah, depending on the dynamic of our relationship of our um, households, excuse me, um, you know, it may not necessarily be uh, a very dominant activity. And so that is something that I'm trying to bring awareness to, if you will, especially, you know, with our young people. Um, and, and also, again, I'm trying to do something with this. And I don't know why this is in my mind or whatever. I'm trying to do something with this whole um, intergenerational thing, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, um, stop the war, (laughs) if you will, in my own little way, um, you know, between, um, our generations, because I don't think that we need to be, I mean, because us as black people ourselves, there's so much that are, that is stacked against us. I don't think we need to be, um, at war in essence with our young people or with our elders or, or such. I think there needs to be, you know, um, more of a coming together for us to understand where we are, um, overall as a people and where we are individually. So, yeah. Yeah, that's good. I think you talked about it last week as in terms of, um, intergenerational conflict. Mm -hmm. I, 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 I'm with you. I'm on this. I'm on this crusade with you. So I love that uh, that's something that you're champion, championing, mm-hmm. if that's a word. <laughs> if that's a word. <laughs> right, right. Um, because you're right. We we got the odds are stacked up against us way too heavy for that to be the issue. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, we are youth development, what's working and what's not. Uh, we thank you all for, for joining us this evening. Uh, you can catch us 
on some platform, whether it is going to be the uh, the podcast or a Facebook Live or on Clubhouse. We have our own. And again, we're going to have that conversation about Clubhouse, about the effectiveness. Um, is it still um, worth the hype, if you will? Because we do have our own club on Clubhouse. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we do. <laughs> we do have that, you know. Uh, so there are some uh, pretty dope youth advocates that are in that club as well so um yeah so that is that is us here at youth development what's working and what's not tyra do you have any um other closing comments or announcements um no i cannot <laughs> just I cannot. follow us <laughs> <laughs> okay y'all we hope that you have a um a happy juneteenth this weekend and and get out and enjoy this weather if you're in chicago Oh, I do have something. Oh, Lord, what's up? Love on someone. Find yes. someone to uh, be nice to this weekend. Yes, that's my Yes, idea. yes. And I echo that sentiment. Love on someone. Um, let If you're going to um, celebrate Juneteenth, if you're going to one of uh, the events, there's going to be a number of them again around the city. Check your social media. I'm pretty sure their social media timeline is flooded um, um, with celebrations that are going on this weekend. So yeah, definitely be a part of them. Love on someone and yeah, let's promote this togetherness. All right, Miss Jackie, I will talk to you soon. All right. Good night, everyone.